0: Hey, and welcome to the Brilliant Perspectives podcast with Graham Cook. I'm your host, Michael Becchio. Today we continue the theme of empowering grace for this month with a teaching of Graham's drawn from episode 6 of the BTV series, The Impact of Grace. Graham encourages us to be challenged by the magnificence and all-encompassing grasp of grace. He discusses how as partakers of the new life in Jesus, We are meant to be reigning in grace through all aspects of life. And this, beloved of God, is a grace that not only enables us to move in the spirit that Jesus would in all of our life situations, but it also effectively reroutes any negative standing against us into their proper place of defeat, which enables us to travel forward in our walk with God unhindered by any intent of the enemy. Some highlights here to remember include Grace overshadows everything that's against us and keeps us free. Grace empowers you to move in the opposite spirit of a negative. Grace enables you to actually move in the same spirit that Jesus would. That's a 1 John 4, 17 reality. And purposefully choose, beloved, to show up in grace in all of your situations. Expect, and expect without apology, God's empowering presence in your life. Hey, thank you for listening today, for joining us on the podcast. Now on to Graham, enjoy.
1: Grace uses mercy to teach us how to abound in God's presence. Grace overshadows everything that's against us, shame, condemnation, accusation, Guilt, all those things. Grace overshadows all those things and keeps us free and excited before who God is. It's a disposition in our heart that we trust the grace of God and that we allow ourselves to have experiences with God through grace. It's a disposition of heart and mind. Grace creates this internal disposition that gives us an approach and an attitude to life in grace, in this grace in which we stand. A frame of mind, a perspective about how we see ourselves and how we see other people in the kindness of God. And that disposition creates a manner. It creates a posture before God and man that produces a demeanor in us which allows us to generate an atmosphere in our own hearts that connects people to God's loving kindness. A guy came up to me in a conference. and He said, I just want you to know that I hate you and I hate your ministry and I hate everything you stand for and I am against you and the call of God on my life is to bring you down. I am your enemy. I said, wow, how's that working out for you? He said... I am your enemy. I said, no, you're not. He said, I am. I said, no, you're not. He said, I am. I said, dude, you can't be. He said, why? I said, because it's Tuesday. I don't take enemies on a Tuesday. (laughs) Like, the inference is, what planet are you living on? Nobody I know takes enemies on a Tuesday. And he looks at me and he's like, almost boiling with rage, and he says, I'll come back tomorrow. I said, that'll be brilliant because I have a special on Wednesdays for people who think they're my enemy. He said, I am your enemy. I said, "Ashley, you're not. Why am I not your enemy? I said, because I'm not in the market. I'm not fighting flesh and blood. I only have one enemy and I hate him with a passion I can't even articulate. And you're not him. So I'm not in the market for enemies. Appreciate it, but I'm going to have to turn you down. (laughs) I'm not in the market. I am not fighting flesh and blood. I'm not going down that road. But here's the thing, you know, since we've been talking, um, this is what I see about you that God loves. And I said half a dozen things to him. And I knew they were all hitting him, but he was confused now because he's thinking, well, I don't know if I can take those things from him, but they're true, so I don't know. And I just, I just shook his hand and I said, the grace of God is with you and you'll work it out. Don't worry about it. Just take it to the goodness of God and see what he says to you. That's all you can do, eh? Let me read you something from the Bible. One, this is Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Listen to this. For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. So then. As through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, even so through one act of righteousness there resulted justification of life to all men. For as through the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, even even so through the abundance of the one the many will be made righteous." The law came in so that the transgression would increase. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you know what that means? Grace is majestic. Grace is full of majesty. The grace of God allows you to reign in life through the gift of righteousness that you've already received. Think of that image. Think of grace with a crown on its head. That grace is one of our crowning glories. Grace is kingly, grace is majestic, grace is awesome. The abundance of grace overcomes all the consequences of transgression, condemnation, disobedience, and death. Grace controls and directs all the negatives into a place where they are utterly defeated and must turn into something that is totally opposite. God is always in the business of taking a negative and turn it into something else. He's not working on the negative. He's just saying, how about we change that into something brilliant and work on that? And he gives you grace to make that transition. Somebody says something negative to you, you don't have to take it. You don't have to receive it. It's not yours. You don't have, but what you can do is turn that negative into something else. So I remember when, when my daughter, she who must be loved and provided for at all times, when she was going through her teenage years and dad was a little bit of an embarrassment, she said, "Dad, you're so this, you know," and it's usually a negative. And it's like, "Dad, you're so like quirky and odd." And I just say to her, ah, thank you. What you really mean is, oh, father of my heart, you are so beautiful, your glory almost blinds me. Hey, thanks for that, babe. I really appreciate it. Now, that wasn't what I said. I know, but it's what you meant. No, it wasn't. Ah, trust me, it's okay. So, because she was going through this, dad, you're an embarrassment. Dad, you're this. And that's okay. I just turned it all around. I thought, I don't have to receive that. I can make it into anything I want. So, so we had this little game going for two months, and I totally won. Eventually, she stopped it. And, and when I would say, oh, what you really mean is, father of my heart, I am dazzled by your brilliance. She would go, whatever. <laughs> then everything would be whatever. You know. And so I said to her, sweetie, love you but if you say whatever to me one more time, I'm grounding you for two months. And she stood there and she went, (laughs) whatever. She gave me the sign, whatever. I'm thinking, that is cute. I love you for that. (laughs) That girl has been so much fun watching her grow in Christ, watching her grow as a human being, as a woman, amazing, amazing journey, so grateful. Grace helps us overcome. We prevail and we triumph. It's a good fight. Grace helps us with that fight. We reign in life by the grace that God bestows upon us. So I want you to think of yourself as someone who has the capacity to overcome and to rule and to reign through grace, through compassion, through goodness, through kindness, through mercy. You can reign through grace. So when anybody comes against you in a negative way, you can let grace rise up and own the situation. So for me, that means someone says something negative, writes something or says something. Um, For me, that means appreciate that. You know, this is how the Lord sees you. This is what I really like about you. What am I doing? I'm moving in the opposite spirit because that's what grace empowers me to do. And if I come back at you with a positive, your negative doesn't affect me. But here's the thing that most of us do is someone says something negative and the first thing we do is go, oh yeah, well I know something about you, pal. And then you've blown it, right? You may as well have this little sign on your head, please excuse me, I'm having a carnal moment. (laughs) You've blown it because you've moved in the same spirit. But grace empowers you to move in the opposite spirit. Love doesn't recognize when someone does it wrong. If you find it easy to be offended by someone, it proves one thing. You need to upgrade your relationship with the Holy Spirit as comforter. Because he's there for those days. Yeah, You don't need a comforter when everything's going well. Right? You need a comforter in those moments when life gets a little bit tricky or difficult or awful or problematic, yeah, or accusatory. Grace is a ruling power that enables you to move towards that person in the same spirit that Jesus would. And that's precious. You know, we get opportunities in relationships, to practice who we are in Jesus. You should take them for what they are. One of my mentors said, you know, Graham, the humble man has an advantage over all other men. No one can put you down. Think about that one. That's a choice bit of wisdom right there. No one can put you down. You can always tell when a religious spirit is speaking because it will always downgrade the power and the effectiveness of grace. It will always make grace of non-effect. Even that religious spirit is so offended by grace, it calls it cheap grace. Why why does the enemy, why does that religious, legalistic spirit call grace cheap? It wasn't cheap because it cost Jesus everything. So that's an insult to the person of Jesus. Why do they call it cheap grace? It's because they don't want anyone to rate grace as a really incredible power of God for salvation. They don't want to rate grace as majestic, as overwhelming, He doesn't, the enemy doesn't want you to understand that if you start reigning in grace, he's toast. He has no power over you. Once grace gets hold of you in that dimension and you start to reign in life by grace, he totally cannot touch who you are. Because everything he does only makes you bigger, better, and stronger. That's not good. he's concerned. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says that in grace, Jesus became poor so that we through his poverty might become rich. So important that you as a human being, that you are rich in grace towards people. I mean rich, like independently, fabulously wealthy, rich. Yeah, like you could write a huge check in grace for somebody and give it to them. Because that's what I'm doing when people come against me and I say, hey, just picking up something that God's saying about you, and I say something beautiful, what have I done? I've just written them a check in grace that they can cash in. Take that away for you because that's true about you. Yeah? So... The majesty of grace empowers us to reign in life through the gift of his righteousness. I love that. Grace rules because Jesus is righteous and we are partakers of his divine nature. So the beauty and the majesty of his life within causes grace to rise up and rule and reign. It's so important that you allow God to put a crown On your experience of grace, so that you start to understand the majesty of compassion, kindness, mercy, and love. Think about it how could grace reign over guilt, shame, or condemnation? What if the grace that you extend to someone could totally rob them of the ability to be condemned? or to be ashamed, yeah? What if you could take that away from them just by extending grace towards them? Moving in the opposite spirit is a key part of grace. How would grace dominate the negative opinion of others? For me, that means someone's always telling me, someone said this about you, and it's usually a negative or something else, you know? And so my first thing is before I get my heart thinking about that and then think about that person thinking, huh, and getting annoyed or offended, I'll sit down and I'll say, Lord, quick, give me something brilliant about that person to think about. I need to see how you see them. And then I'll write it down. And that's what I'll think. Because I don't want to think this. I just I haven't got time for that nonsense anymore really? I want to take every opportunity to become like Jesus. So I'll write that down. And when I get a chance, I'll send them a card or a text or an email or something. Hey, I was just thinking about you the other day. And, you know, the Lord showed me this. I hope this helps. And usually I'll get a reply back, you know, within minutes, hours, or a few days. Hey, man, that really meant a lot to me. Oh, by the way, I just want you to know that I said something I shouldn't have said to somebody, and I apologize. That's great, but I didn't really need that. I didn't give them that message to get that response. I gave them that message because that's how I want to show up. You understand what I'm saying? We don't do things to get a response, we do things because this is who we are. Yeah? Anything else, you know, is great, brilliant, not going to turn it down, but it's not why I'm doing it. Two minutes to land this plane. What stops grace from ruling in our hearts? It's not just shame and guilt and condemnation. It's also the thoughts, perceptions, language, fears, and learned behavior that come to us as part of our experience in this world. This is why time out again What we're doing in this event is we're teaching you that you're in the world, but you're not of it. You're in the kingdom because the kingdom is already in you. Enjoy living in the kingdom. We need to be overruling those thoughts and mindsets and that language with the language of the kingdom, with grace. So... All the time you give place to a negative, you can frustrate the grace of God. That's Galatians 2.21. You neutralize what God wants to be for you when you give no value to grace. But that's not who we are. Jesus went to the cross to rob us of all negatives. They don't belong to your new nature. You're dead to them in Christ Consider yourself alive to the fullness and the majesty of grace. So, Father, I ask for a move of your spirit amongst us, anyone looking at this program. I ask for a move of God that would empower us to stand in a place of grace and become absolutely overwhelmed by the beauty of it, by the majesty of it, by the power of it, that we would become staggered by grace, that that grace would be breathtaking to us, and that we would become ecstatic and euphoric in grace, that you would so overwhelm us, that grace would take us right into your very presence, and that grace would take us, it would elevate us to a level of relationship where it's impossible for the enemy to come against us.